Welcome back. This is Encounter with God here on Faith FM, and we have an answer for our quiz that has come through. Congratulations to Hans from South Australia who has correctly answered the quiz. The answer was Jacob. So, uh, Mon, that means that we are up for another clue. Yes, now that I have my microphone on, I can talk. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed, we have a brand new quiz starting right away. Good on your hands. Uh, we are going to just keep rolling. This is another Who Am I quiz. So fresh Who Am I. Acts 5 verse 1 is the only place in the Bible to mention this woman's name. So, by the way, did we mention the other, the other quiz? The answer was Jacob, and now we're moving on. Yep. Okay, so yeah, that we was did, Jacob. we did, we did, yeah, yeah, yeah. we did. Acts you, five. This is a new quiz. One. Acts five one is the only place in the Bible to mention this woman's name. Who is that? Brand new quiz. Study right now. Give us a call if you think you know the answer. One eight hundred Faith FM is our number. That's one eight hundred three two four eight four three. Or you can text zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. <coughs> and Lyle has it incorrect So if you call quickly He's writing down wrong answers all over the place If you call quick I will give you two prizes this morning It's a bit of a stab but anyway We'll have another stab with the next clue Stab away Okay <coughs> Alright where are we up to? We are up to our Bible study But before we get into our Bible study A couple of things that I wanted to remind you about Of course the uh, Faith and Science Conference coming up At Avondale College in Kurumbong, New South Wales Lake Macquarie region um, if you would like to be a part of that, if you would like to come along, that is in, was it starts June, four, no, July 14, something or other. Um, but anyway, give us a call, 1-800-324-843 is the number to get all the details on that particular conference. Uh, we've got some ads that play here um, about it. It's so, really great value. Um, yes, it's, we've got an ad playing at 8.37, there you go. Oh, so um, yes, incredibly, incredibly good material that will be happening there. Also wanted to remind you all that, uh, of course, the breakfast show goes from 7 till 9 every morning. Uh, some people were wondering whether it was the same show that was on between 7 and 8 as it was between 8 and 9, and the answer is it is right the way through the breakfast hour period. So just keep that in mind. And the other reminder that I wanted to remind you of is if you are struggling with a weak signal, and hopefully that won't be in the Maitland area anymore now that we just put the antenna on top of the church roof. No, on top of the church steeple. Yes, Lyle the Gargoyle did some climbing. Yeah, you know, I always wondered what the purpose of a steeple was. (laughs) And now you know. And now I know. To broadcast. So when they build the new one on... um, um, and I've gone blank. The in one in France. France. <laughs> yes. Have you gone blank as yeah, well? Yeah, the cathedral. What's it called? <laughs> it's not the same basilica. Um, uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Notre Dame Cathedral. When they build the uh, when they when, when they build the new steeple um, um, on top of that, the new spire. They should think about some function. They should that put. Form. They should put a Faith FM antenna on top of it. <laughs> I'm sure they're We will mind. broadcast sure from there. Just pitch it to them. I'm sure they're like already willing. We'll, we'll, we'll have to do the show in French. Yeah. <laughs> How's your French, Mom? Oh, you know, naughty words. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it when we learn a couple of words from other language, it's, it's only ever not, the bad ones? Yeah, yeah. I learned some German words when I was a kid. 
Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which will never be mm-hmm. used on air. It's surprising. Like, as a German speaker, you have no idea how many times when someone finds out that I can speak German, they're like, oh, do you know what this and this means? And they're like, cuss at me. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I do know what that means. And you shouldn't say it. <laughs> it makes you feel really uncomfortable, yeah. I bet. I think it's because when you when it's in a different language, it, it holds yeah, it's no meaningless. weight for you. It's, yeah, that yeah. holds zero weight at all. It's just like a sound. Yeah, yeah. And you think it's a joke, but yeah, anyway. Okay, but if you are struggling with a weak signal, then, of course, uh, the best way to listen to Faith FM, the way that everybody does it these days, is to listen um, on your phone. Um, just get the TuneIn app or go to faithfm.com.au and press play. Uh, the TuneIn app is simpler and easier. You can get a free version of it. I use the free version, and then I can run that through my car stereo. Yeah, it's a really great app. Mm-hmm. They've done a good job with that one. So if you've got Bluetooth, just Bluetooth it. Mm. If you don't have Bluetooth, just get one of those tape inserts that has Bluetooth, and then you can still Bluetooth it. It's very simple. It's, it, do you know the tuning app? Is or if you've got aux cord, you can aux, aux cord it, auxiliary cord. It's easier than trying to figure out a DVD player or a VHS thing or trying to figure out your Foxtel remote control or the buttons. It's like super easy. So if yeah, you're yeah. concerned that all oh, these apps that are all so new, fangdangled, legit, this is extremely simple. You press a button, it opens. You press another button, it, it plays. plays. Yeah, it's that it. simple. Yeah. Actually, you press three buttons. Oh, yeah. You press the open button. Mm-hmm. So you click on the icon. Yep. Then you click on Faith FM, which is in your favorites. Yep. And just comes up straight away. And then you just press play. And then you just press play. Yeah, it's and very And it plays simple. a little ad. You know, that's because you've got the free version. But once the ad is over, then uh, you're good to go. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And you can pause it. You mm-hmm. can pause us. Pause so, live radio and get back mm-hmm, to it. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. So, yep, if Mon starts to go on with um, um, something of little relevance, you can oh, pause <laughs> her. Come back, fast forward her. And get to the real radio. <laughs> You're a scully. When you wonder why I call you a gargoyle, I'm gonna call you a gargoyle. This is the this is Lyle's revenge. <laughs> revenge of Lyle. So you're a vengeful person then, huh? Yes, very much so. <laughs> in fact, we're going to read about that in our encounter with God Ooh. portion this morning. Ooh. Um, Matthew chapter seven, verse twelve. Let's talk about revenge. Oh, I was open to the page. How good is that? Probably because you looked over my shoulder during the break. How could I? Your shoulders are way over there. Yeah, but there's a glass wall behind me and you but left your the body, studio. But your body blocks the reflection of your p- uh, study guide. There's no way I cheat like you do. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Matthew 7 verse 12. I am a much better cheater than you are. Yes, you are. It's because you have much more practice, Lyle. <laughs> okay, Matthew 7 verse 12. Everything I do, I do with skill. <laughs> Even the naughty side. <laughs> do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Okay, when the Bible mentions the law and the prophets here, what is it referring to, and why does it why does it call why does why does it speak of the law and the prophets? What's what's that actually all about? Is this referring to the Ten Commandments? Yes, but not just. Okay, because I'm not sure what's going on with the prophets because the prophets isn't. I mean, the law seems like an obvious reference to the Ten Commandments. I'm not sure what the prophets have to do with it. Okay, the law is a very obvious reference to the Ten Commandments. Um, the Ten Commandments are the centerpiece of the books of Moses. Mm-hmm. So the, all of the books of Moses really center around the Ten Commandments. That's the eternal constitution of the government of God that was given, um, was spoken from Mount Sinai. Of course, it was been in existence from eternity, but it was spoken from Mount Sinai, and it forms the center of the books of Moses. And because of that... And, of course, the other laws that you find in those books, you find that the first five books, the books of Moses, are often referred to collectively as the law. 
And so sometimes when I point out that this is talking about the law of God, the Ten Commandments, people say, oh, no, 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 it's talking about the books of Moses. Well, guess what the center of the books of Moses is? The Ten Commandments. The law, the Ten Commandments. Yeah, yeah. Um, So you're actually both right. Okay. It is about the books of Moses, and it is about the Ten Commandments. Gotcha. All right. Well, so there we've, we've, we've solved the problem of what the law is when it says this is the essence of the law and the prophets. What is the prophets? Um, is this like all the extracurricular stuff that comes along with the Ten Commandments? No, no. It's not actually a reference to that. It's actually a reference to everything that uh, is written by prophets. Okay. So, like, isn't like in regards to the coming of Christ, like those kind of prophecies? No, because the vast majority of prophets are not what we call apocalyptic prophets. They don't predict the future or talk about things that are in the future. When the Bible talks about the prophets, it's talking about the authors of the books of the Bible. And many of the books of the Bible are talking about the present or are talking about the past even. Now, that's a bit confusing because here I thought prophets were prophesying. Ah, then you would have thought wrong. If you actually study, or if you look at Moses as an example, when Moses wrote the book of Genesis, what was he writing about? History. The past. Yes. When he wrote the book of Exodus, what was he writing about? Uh, the current news. The current news, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, is all current news. Yeah. There is one or two prophecies. In fact, in the book of Deuteronomy, there is a prophecy about the Antichrist. Ooh. Uh, there is also one or two prophecies about Jesus Christ, messianic prophecies. And so you do find within Moses a couple of lines of predictive prophecy. Is that what makes him a prophet? Because if not, like, could, no. couldn't you, like my best friend Varney, she has a degree in history. Is she a prophet because she writes about history? No. So what's the difference between her and Moses? A prophet is somebody who, whom God speaks through. Okay. They act as a mouth person for God. The author of the gift of prophecy is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So in this case, the author of the gift of prophecy is not Moses. It's the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit speaking through Moses to either talk about the past, the present, or the future. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yes, a lot of people get confused about that, and particularly with our modern prophets today, if you look in the charismatic churches, you'll find lots of people who claim to have the gift of prophecy, but the only thing they ever talk about is the future. I was just about to ask you about all those, you know, sometimes you meet the people who claim to be prophets. Because that's the only, that's that's the sensational aspect of prophecy. Gotcha. But the vast, vast majority of scripture is not talking about the future, it's talking about the present or the past. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so these people are mouthpieces for God, uh, and they are you know, talking about the past. Okay. So, but the, what does that still mean the when present. it says that this is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets? That Does that mean okay, all the messages so, from God? So, think about this. Who wrote the Bible? Prophets. The Bible says holy men of God as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So, all of the Bible was written by the prophets. Mm-hmm. Therefore, when the Bible speaks about, when when God speaks about, when Jesus refers to the law and the prophets, he refers to the Ten Commandments, he refers to the books of Moses, and then he refers to the rest of the Bible. Okay. So this is what he says. Treat others as you want them to treat you. This is what the law, this is what the Bible is all about. 
Amen. The whole Bible is about the golden rule. Treat others as you want them to treat you. That's pretty simple and straightforward, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It's extremely uh, simplistic. Okay, so what if somebody uh, hurts you really, really, really badly? I guess that means they want to be hurt, so I should hurt them back. Yeah, most people want to be hurt, right? Yeah. <laughs> we like being hurt, don't we? Yeah, no. No, we don't. Okay, so if you hurt somebody really, 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 really badly, how would you like that person to treat you? I mean, you'd, you'd love it if they, um, they had mercy on you and exercised forgiveness and kindness. It would be kind of hard to take in some ways, wouldn't it? Extremely hard. In fact, it's just, you know what the Bible talks about when they say, when it says heaping coals, heaping burning coals onto someone's head. Yeah. Is to repay evil with kindness. That's right. And, and, I, and I, I do love that verse because, yeah. you know, so often I think about, uh, you know, when somebody has uh, done something against me and, you know, like somebody stole my car mm-hmm. a year or so ago. And it's like, I want to, I want to, I just want to, I just want to pour a bucket, bucket full of coals on top of that person's head. It actually has an amazing effect. Um, well, I'm just a quick story. And, and, and of course, to clarify that, because uh, you may be coming into this conversation mid conversation, <laughs> the Bible well, says, to burn people. Yes, that's right. <laughs> the Bible says that when we do good to those that hate us and despitefully use us and abuse us, when we return evil with good, it's like pouring a bucket of coals over the top of their head. I remember years ago, I was working in a restaurant um, and I was at the maitre d' for this one particular shift, so at the person at the door who seats people, and a lady and her husband came in on the busiest day of the year, Mother's Day, Mother's Day Sunday, and um, she didn't have a reservation, which is a big no-no on Mother's Day, and so she came in demanding a table, and when I asked, I simply said, oh, do you have a reservation? And she just lost it at me, and she's like, why would I need a reservation? This is such a dinky, you know, little little restaurant, you know, blah, 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 and just went on and on and on and on. And so I thought I could either either lose it at her and tell her to leave because she doesn't have a reservation or I can heap some burning coals. And so I asked the Lord for some patience and um, and I treated her very well, treated her as if she was a VIP. I just went out of the way to create a table for her, like pulled some tables apart, put a little special table, seated her and her husband straight away, didn't have to wait, gave her free um, free beverages while they were waiting. You know, it just, it just made, her, made it almost like you know, we had been at fault. The restaurant had been at fault for not having everything ready for her and treated her like a movie star. And I watched her demeanor as she sat there and she, you could see her ego and her anger just deflate and you could see that she was feeling very, very silly about herself and she was very humbled and <laughs> she walked out of that restaurant as meek and as mild as a kitten. So, yeah, it's interesting. You put a pin in that balloon and oh, yeah, so fast. let all of the gas out. <laughs> yeah. So, it really is interesting to see the, the reactions that happen when you meet Hostility and rudeness with just Christian kindness. Mm, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. That's how I got to fly first class one time. I have told you that story, haven't I? Yes, yeah, great story. I love it. Yeah, so I was uh, traveling through San Francisco um, just after nine eleven, and of course the uh, lines were stupid long with security, and it took me five hours to get through security, standing in line for five hours just to get wow. through security. And of course, by the time I got through, you know, you can imagine the mess mm. and the bedlam that there was at the other end. And the Everybody had lost their flight. Yeah. Everybody had, was, was trying to get other flights. The check-in, you know, ladies behind the counter were just beside themselves trying to uh, find flights. Uh, while I'm standing in line, because the line to then, of course, you know, find a flight was just ridiculously long. Yeah. I literally, I literally saw... Um, 
you know, people who were behind the desk checking people in just stand up, lose the plot, throw their hands in the air and walk off the job. Wow. Literally saw that happen. Wow. And eventually, of course, I just I just stood there. It's like, what are you going to do? Yeah, what can you do? So I just stood there and waited and waited and waited. And eventually my turn came. And uh, as it turned out, I was just so happy. I was so happy to actually have... Someone help you? <laughs> I got to a position where I could talk to somebody about my flight and figure out how and where I was going to go somewhere. And, uh, and, and so I was like super happy and super nice to this person. I think I was the first person that wasn't grumpy and outraged and, and horrid. And, uh, and yeah, they, 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 they booked me through and uh, handed me my, uh, my boarding pass and like, yep, you're going to have to fly through Chicago and then across to uh, D.C. and, you know, a couple extra stops along the way and so forth. And uh, here's your boarding passes and uh, you're on your way. You'll have, you know, a couple of hours to wait, to apologize, you know, like all, all this kind of thing, the usual kind of thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then at the end of it, the last thing they said was, sorry about the seats though. I'm like, oh, don't worry about the seats. I'm just, I'm just super glad to be on a flight. I was like, I feel so bad for you guys today. And she's like, yeah, yeah no worries. And so I walked away without even looking at my boarding pass. And then uh, as I'm walking away, I look at my boarding pass to find out where my gate is or to remind myself where my gate is. And I've noticed my seat. I'm flying on a 747, and it was seat 1A. <laughs> 1A. <laughs> and so I walked in, didn't even turn right and walked past all the people in suits in business class. I walked up into first class where everybody wears jeans. <laughs> <laughs> and tracky dacks. And tracky dacks. And comfort wear. That's so And great. sat down and just... Enjoyed the flight. Enjoyed the service. <laughs> Do you know what? Laid on. Hand, you know, just... just we have a challenge for you today, listeners. If you are meeting some hostility or people losing their tempers at you, just try and do what the Bible says and heap some burning coals. Return that uh, that anger with some kindness and just see what happens. You know, the Lord might bless you just like Lyle blessed with a first-class ticket. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so find a way to, uh, yeah, find a little kindness, add a little kindness, spread a little bit of kindness around the world and... See what you can uh, see, what you can come up with with uh, with there, and see what you can, yeah, just sort of uh, <coughs> see what kind of good you can create in the world. Let's go to Hebrews chapter twelve and verse fourteen, and let's read about kindness, okay. kindness in the face of hostility. Hebrews, Hebrews, Hebrews. Here we go. Hebrews chapter what now? Hebrews chapter twelve, verse fourteen. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14 says this. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Oh, that's just pretty straight down the line. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. I guess yeah, you do have to work at living in peace. Living in peace doesn't just happen by accident. No, it doesn't. Living at peace with everybody means that you are going to have to be kind to people who are not peaceful. Yeah, that's right. That's how you create peace. You don't just hang out with the peacemakers. You actually have to face the non-peacemakers, the, the troublemakers, and, 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 and meet them with peace. Yeah. And, of course, um, you know, Paul here in the book of Hebrews, he goes on to say, as you, as you pointed out there, rather bluntly, that without kindness and peace and holiness, 
no one will see God. Yeah, no one. Um, and really what this comes down to is, okay, is God punishing people or is God just looking at, you know, at, at people and saying and, and finding out which ones have actually truly given their lives to God? Because this is the outworking. This is the outworking of the Holy Spirit. And this is one of the reasons why the Bible says that we'll be judged by our works. Mm. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, that sounds, sounds, doesn't sound like grace. That sounds like works. Now, the Bible says that we will be judged by our works, and the reason that we are judged by our works is because our works reveal what is inside of our heart. This is a very fitting song. It's called Spread a Love Around by Linda Shelton. We hope you enjoy this one. Sometimes this crazy world can make us all feel bad I sit and watch the news and just get sad We need to stop and smell the roses in the ground Get out today, spread a little love around Talk to a neighbor, volunteer a favor Help out a stranger when his car's broke down Give your wife a kissin' Linda Shelton with Spread a Little Love Around. You're listening to Faith FM. Let's have another clue for our Who Am I quiz. Oh, yes. This one, I want to say it's pretty hard. And you haven't figured it out yet, so that makes me very happy. Uh, but give us a call if you know this answer. Who am I? Wait, wrong side. Hang on. Did you see the answer? No, you weren't looking good. Good on you. Okay, who am I? My death caused great fear to seize the whole church. And... Lyle is still wrong. I'm very happy about that. Uh, give oh. us a, no, no, no. no <laughs> give us a call. I was writing the, I wrote the answer, answer down. This <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843, and uh, you can win the prize this it's morning. It's actually a very pretty name. I do know the answer now, and it's a very pretty name. It is a very pretty name. 
Um, I, I have a friend who has a similar name. Yeah, same. And uh, probably the same friend. Yeah. Um, it's, just a, it's just a really nice name. And But yeah, a bit of an unfortunate story in the Bible. Is the friend one that is part of a family that we know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, let's go. We were talking about uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14. I want to read it. There's a couple of interesting quotes in the Bible study. I'm going to read this first one, and I want to get your reaction to it, and I want you to tell me what you think, Mon. It says this. We are not forgiven because we forgive, but as we forgive. Oh, wow. That's really heavy. I think as we forgive. Does that, mean, does that mean just because you forgive someone doesn't mean that you're forgiven, but like how you've forgiven them? Like, well, here's, this is what I see here. We're not forgiven because we forgive. Let's let's stop there for a moment. So we don't receive forgiveness from God because we forgive other people. Okay. We receive forgiveness of God as we forgive other people. So if we're stingy with our forgiveness, God, we're not receiving. We're not receiving forgiveness. Wow. Okay. Ouch. Wow. That sounds to me like. Salvation by works, don't you think? Yeah, I was just thinking that. I'm like, Whoa. yeah, I knew that would make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to read the rest of this quote. It's a, it's an interesting one. There's a few good quotes here. Um, there's a good one from um, Clifford Goldstein that I want to read a little bit later on if I can as well. But anyway, uh, the ground of all forgiveness is found in the unmerited love of God. Okay, so I think we can all agree with that. Yes. The ground of all forgiveness, the basis of all forgiveness, is found in the unmerited love of God. When God forgives us, that's where forgiveness originates. The love of God. When we forgive others, our forgiveness of others originates in the love of God. All right. Um, But by our attitude towards others, we show whether we have made that love our own. Okay. Okay, so think about this. Our attitude to others shows whether we have made the love of God our own. In other words, it's our attitude towards others that reveals... If we're a Christian. Whether, whether we're Christians. Whether not we're following God. Which comes back to what I was talking about just before the break, when the Bible says we're judged by our works, and often people look at that and go, oh, no, that's just terrible. You know, How can the Bible say that we are judged by our works? You know, Because we're saved by grace, not by works. So, how, so if we're saved by grace, how can we be judged by our works? Yeah, and the Bible says this very, very clearly in multiple places, that we will be judged by our works. And the answer is very, very simple. Works are a symptom. They are a revelation of whether grace exists in our heart or not. If grace does not exist in our heart, then our works will not be holy. If our works are holy, then it's a revelation of the existence of grace. It's an evidence of salvation having taken place. So you actually can't have one without the other? No. No, you can't have grace. You can't have grace without having conversion. So, works, although they don't save you, it is. Yeah, you can't have part. You can't have grace. You can't have grace without having good works. Mm, That's impossible. Yeah. Absolutely, and 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 this is a really important point that you find, you know, throughout the Bible. I think a lot of people skip over because as soon as you talk about holiness and holy living and and you know doing good works and holding a high standard, people automatically jump on. Oh, you're saved by works issue. No, you're not saved by. We're not preaching that you're saved by your works. Not at all. Not in the least. We are saved by grace and those good works are an evidence of our salvation. Now, does God need to have external evidence of our salvation to save us? No. Because he can read our heart. That's right. But what we have to remember is the purpose of the judgment. When God has the judgment, does God need to even have a judgment to find out whether we're saved or not? No. So why then have a judgment? 
I mean, that's we've just talked about this before. We and have. We're going to talk yeah. about it again because it's a really important point that I think a lot of people miss over. It's just to show that God is fair. It's, just for, it's for our benefit to understand God's character more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, for the universe who is looking on, you know, if God just randomly saved a whole bunch of people and zapped the rest of them, a lot of the universe that was looking on would be, well, why did you wipe this person out or that person out or the other person out? We thought that they were great people. Yeah. And so God has a judgment. It's okay, this is their works. These are the things that you can see because they and us cannot read the heart. All that God can show in the judgment is a person's works, which are evidences of the converting power of the Holy Spirit. He's just being transparent and showing how fair his justice system is. Absolutely. Yeah. God is being yeah. 100% transparent, and uh, and this is what it is all about. But I definitely like how you said that, you know, you don't need works to be saved. I mean, in the shining example of that is obviously the thief on the cross. You know, he was converted, like 11th hour kind of conversion, and he didn't have any time or opportunity to do any good works. No, he did a lot of good works. I'll dispute you on that one. Oh, really? What did he do? He praised and honored God and thanked him for his salvation. And he stopped cursing God because the Bible says that both of the thieves were cursing Jesus. And then one of them's gone, hey, wait a minute. You know what? This is actually um, Jesus. This is actually the Son of God giving his life as a sacrifice for salvation. And he is about to receive rulership of the universe. And that thief was the only person on that day who figured that out. In fact, the thief on the cross was the only person in history who ever figured out the gospel without actually being told the gospel. He figured it out. The disciples had to be told and had to be explained to them. The thief actually figured it out. Wow. You know, because you would think you're the thief there on the cross, Jesus being crucified, even if you had believed in Jesus as the Messiah, it's like, well, that's clearly not the case, is it? Mm. But he's gone, somewhere along the line, he's gone, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why have you been killing lambs all these, you know, last couple of thousand years? And all of these light bulbs have suddenly gone on in his mind. The Holy Spirit is speaking to him and he recognizes, he figures out. The ministry and the work of Jesus Christ is the only person who ever did it by himself. Every other person on the planet has been told how it works. I can't wait to meet this guy in heaven. Yeah, absolutely. And so what I see is this. If you are going from a life of cursing, and particularly cursing um, Jesus, and you then go to a life, relatively short one, of not cursing Jesus, in fact honoring and praising and calling on Jesus, then those are works, right? Yeah, I mean, he didn't have much time to, like, you know, no. spread a love around like we just heard in that song. No. No. He, I mean, but he did, Minimal I works. guess he did all he could in the position and the time that he had. That's right. He defended Jesus and, and glorified him, but yeah. And imagine Jesus there on the cross. He's being crucified. He is dying for the entire human race, and nobody, nobody has the faintest idea what's going on. He's been with them for three and a half years, and none of them have figured it out. It would have been encouragement to Jesus It would have been himself. so much encouragement because you're hanging there on a cross and it's like, okay, am I going to get anyone through this sacrifice? Mm-hmm. Is there anyone going to be saved? And then the thief comes through and is like, I've got one. Right when the thief needed it most. It was worth it. Yeah. And right when Jesus needed it the most as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and right there it would have been absolutely, totally worth it for, uh, um, for Jesus. 
Yeah. Okay. So this is what it's talking about here, and uh, it continues on to quote from Matthew chapter seven, verse two: "With what judgment you judge, you shall be judged, and with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again." We're going to listen to the Collinsworth family show a little bit of love and kindness. That's what our study's been all about.
Are you constantly amazed by the wonders of creation? Do you find the science behind all living things fascinating? Then you need to be at the 2019 Faith and Science Conference. 13 top-level scientists and professors from around the world will be presenting on the most astounding discoveries, completely refuting the theory of evolution. July 16 to 19 at Avondale College in Coorenbong, New South Wales. For details, call us now on 1-800-324-843. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. On an old rugged cross, on a hill long ago, hung one with Without guilt, without blame And for salvation of souls For the sins of the world That's why my Savior was slain Won't you look to the old Rugged cross See Jesus And confess His name And say, Father Forgive me I know that I'm lost You'll be found At that old rugged cross cross He was laid in the tomb But death over Him had no claim For Jesus was raised so that all might be saved Believe and raise from sin's chains Won't you look to the old rugged cross And see Jesus confess His name And say, Father, forgive me That old rugged cross Mm -hmm. 
Josh Cunningham with Old Rugged Cross here on Faith FM. Mon, give us another clue for our quiz. Okay, who am I? I agreed to test the spirit of the Lord. Can I give another clue? I want to give two clues. Peter asked me, is this the price you got for the land? Hmm. And Lyle has it correct. Yeah, we already Finally. Finally, he's got it right. Uh, <laughs> uh, like we, we now have our question of the day, something that you will hopefully get right as well. Um, this is a great question uh, coming from a listener, and it is, once I unlock your phone so I can read it, sorry, let it go to lock screen while we're in the song break. Beautiful song there by Josh Cunningham, by the way, rendition of The Old Rugged Cross. The question, Lyle, is the Ten Commandments the first or old covenant you know, this is one of the doctrines that has floated around in Christianity as a myth for so long that we now live in an age where it is often taken for granted that the Ten Commandments is the Old Covenant, where it is actually not. It has nothing to do with, well, it has a connection to the Old Covenant, but it is not in any way, shape, or form the Old Covenant. There are many covenants spoken of in the Bible. Uh, you've got the covenant between Abraham and God. You've got the covenant between the Father and the Son in relationship to our salvation. All kinds of different covenants. What you need to find is the one that is defined as the Old Covenant. And that particular one you will find in the book of Hebrews. And as the Bible speaks about the Old Covenant, it gives us identifying characteristics. Number one, the Bible says that Jesus is the mediator of a new covenant established on better promises. And so there we find that if the new covenant has better promises, the Old Covenant has worse ones. Verse 7, the Bible says, For if the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no place for the second. And so we find it had some dodgy promises, and it was faulty. There was a fault in the first covenant. 
Uh, then in verse 13, we find that the Bible says, in that he says, a new covenant, he has made the first covenant old. Now that which decays and grows old is ready to vanish away. And so we find that the first covenant was temporary. A bit hard for the Ten Commandments to be temporary, you know. Imagine taking something like thou shalt not kill and getting rid of it. That would be a really, really bad idea. The Ten Commandments are eternal. But first of all, we have three identifying characteristics, poor promises, faults, and a temporary status. Can that, is it possible for that to be applied to the Ten Commandments? Clearly not. There are no Poor promises in the Ten Commandments. Ephesians 6, 1-3, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, that you may live long on the earth. In fact, that's the only commandment that has a promise in it, and it's a very, very good promise. No poor promises here. Was there any fault in the Ten Commandments? Paul says this in Romans 7, verse 12, Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandments are holy and just and good. And of course, from verse 7, we know that he's talking about the Ten Commandments here. Was what was the are the Ten Commandments temporary? Was there any point that they were temporary? Romans three verse thirty one, Paul says, "Do we then make void the law through faith?" God forbid. No. In contrast, we establish the law. Now that would sound a little strange if the law was synonymous with the old covenant. Because it would read like this, do we then make void the old covenant through faith? God forbid we establish the old covenant. Whereas in Hebrews it said, no, the old covenant is growing old and vanishing away. And so we can see very, very clearly that it is impossible for the Ten Commandments to be the old covenant. So we need to find out what is the old covenant. And if you go to Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 9, we find this. It gives us the time frame, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. So we know that in verse 9 that uh, this was a covenant that was made with Israel and it was made at the time of the Exodus. And we find this covenant in Exodus chapter 19 where the Bible says in verse 5, um, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you will be a peculiar treasure to me above all people. You shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people to the Lord. This is the old covenant right here. And if you are looking for the fault, if you are looking for the weak promises, just take note of the part that the people played in the old covenant. If you have a question, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. It's 1-800-324-843. And uh, we will answer that question for you live on air. This is Nathan Young, written down in stone. The law is just and the law is right. And it's written by God in stone. The law is love and the law is light. And it's written by God in stone. I will follow His commandments. I'll abide in Him alone For His law is my delight It's written down in stone Oh, it's written down 
faithful forever sure. And it's written by God in stone. I will follow His commandments. I'll abide in Him alone. For His law is my delight. It's written Oh, it's Down Nathan Young with written down in stone. Oh, Lyle, can I give Some one quick final clue? I just wanted to mention that uh, you know oh, in, that, yes. in, the, in that covenant um, question, we're going to do part two. We ran out of time. We ran yeah. way out of time, but we just did, did need to mention that the weakness was in the people in Israel. The weakness yes. was not with God. That was where the fault was, and that was why the first covenant was faulty and weak and had poor promises in it. The people made a promise they could not keep. They did not have the power to do everything that God had asked them to do. Well, maybe we don't need to do part two now. <laughs> anyway, last... No, 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 I do need to do part okay, two. Okay, we'll, we'll do part two. We'll do part two next time. Okay, who am I? Quick last clue. Um, my husband's name is Ananias. Give us a call if you know the answer, 1-800-FAITH-FM. But right now is also time to be the first person to call through to get a cop of our giveaway today. It's a book called Forgiven, the powerful story of a ghetto preacher, that being Willie Ramos. So about his story coming up through um, ghettos uh, and his involvement in gangs and how uh, the forgiveness of Jesus completely transformed his life. So give us a call right now if you'd like a copy of that. Uh, 1-800-324-843 is our number. Um, Be the first person through to get a free copy and uh, we'll send that to you. Well, 
We did mention that you had a prophetic code series. We I did. I think we should mention it again because people, people have been calling. They have. And uh, there is an unlimited amount of these, so like, don't think that you're going to run out. But do, do call. Yeah, yeah. Call for free. Um, and do it for free. It is a really great study course. I've done it myself, and it's, it was a huge blessing to my life, and I've been able to share it with other people as well. So definitely give us a call. Uh, and do the Prophetic Code uh, Bible Study Series written by Lyle. And uh, you can do that. Uh, you can get the old school way, get a paper format of Pen, them. paper, and a Bible. It's all you need. Stay safe this long weekend. Please drive slowly. Just live.